Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the weekly walkthrough for uh, fall 2019, isn't it? Good morning, Nick. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am very excited to be back in the studio again. It's been a long time. Summer was long. Eth, how was your summer? It was great, honestly. It was nice to be home. It was uh, good to just hang out and not have to do anything, really. But I'm so excited to be back and so excited to be back in the studio here at the Student Center on the campus of Mizzou. I couldn't agree more. And we can get started right away here. Big news in the MMA world with Conor McGregor's video from April releasing of him going to go buy a round of his proper 12 shots to everyone in a Irish pub. And then an older gentleman refused the shot, put the put a paper cup or plastic cup away from him numerous times. And then while, after taking a shot himself, Conor McGregor sends a left hand flying toward the man's face and hits him while he's not looking. Yeah, that's probably not good. It's That's an incredibly bad situation, and you can't do it regardless of whether you are the biggest name in combat sports or just a regular human being. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. It's just uncalled for, unnecessary, and there's no need to do that. Especially when you take in the age difference. That guy was like, I'd say he's probably 60, 70 years old. Do we have old. any idea if that guy's okay? He's fine, I think. He didn't look like... I mean, champ, I don't think... Champ. I don't that think it hurt him. That guy's now the champ champ. <laughs> I don't think it hurt him. He's the double champ. I don't think... I don't believe it didn't look like he hit him too hard in it. I mean, in my opinion, it looked like someone kind of ricocheted the punch. But regardless, it was something that clearly didn't need to be done. It was something that was unnecessary. And it was something that it should have been that he should be punished for either legally or within the UFC. What is the punishment that could come from this? I... Honestly, I don't really know. A lot of times with guys doing stupid things, you look at like Jesse Taylor when he was in uh, The Ultimate Fighter, he was going to fight in the finale, and he was acting like an idiot in Vegas. He broke a like a limousine a window that he was riding in, and he was acting crazy in the hotel room, and he actually got kicked off The Ultimate Fighter finale in which he could have got into the UFC. So there's situations like that where it's not it's you kind of being drunk and stupid. They they do kick people out, but they're obviously not going to release a guy like Conor McGregor. And we understand. I, I understand that from a business standpoint, you can't let someone like him go to Bellator or any of these other promotions because that's what will propel them forward. But with other guys, to answer your question, with other guys, they will release them for doing stupid things. So for Conor, is another suspension coming because he's already suspended? Probably not. I don't think so. The way Dana White talked about it, no. You hear what he said about I it? I did not. He basically said that he kind of, to begin the whole, to begin the conversation with TMZ, he was talking to TMZ Sports, and he said, he said that this stuff happens in Ireland all the time, and basically this is only news because it's Conor McGregor. Well, duh. What do you mean? He's one of the biggest athletes in the world. What was what did a uh, Sports Center put him at fifth in that? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, he was like, up there. He was like top ten for and sure. I mean, obviously, as well, because if I punch you in a bar in Ireland, it's not going to go viral like this. No, no, and it's he's a UFC fighter. That left hand has KO'd people stiff. Like it is, he punches hard. 
they're trained to do this. Like a football player just can't go up to me and tackle me. Like like if an NFL player was to tackle me, it would be much more notable if you came up and tackled me. It would be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Khalil Mack can't just charge me and hit me like he would Aaron Rodgers. It's just not It'd be when, scary. Yes. Khalil Mack's a dog. <laughs> it would destroy me. <laughs> but the point of the the point of this discussion is just to shed light on that and you know, let people know. Let the let the public know. But also last night, UFC 241 occurred. That's a great card. Fantastic card. We could start talking about a Yoel Romero, the Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa card. Just two animals at 185. Just an incredible fight. Those are the two. When you talk about two guys who are juicing, those are two guys who you look at and you say that they look like they were cut from stone. You know what I'm saying? Those are some big dudes. And they're incredible athletes. Like and you they won't, move quick, and their stamina is ridiculous as well. You won't, you won't see. I mean, both of them obviously have tested for tested positive for steroids. Paulo Costa very recently, but it's like who cares? They're both they've both openly been on the juice. I'm pretty sure they're both gigantic. It kind of looks like they've been on the juice. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> Yo, Romero is 42 years old. He looks like one of those statues. He's 42? Yes. He's 42 years old. And, and he, he looks like that. Yes. That's ridiculous. Something's got to yeah. give if you That's know what I'm ridiculous. saying. That's ridiculous. Something's got to give if you know what I'm saying. But just an incredible fight. It went to Paulo Costa. The, was it unanimous decision? I know he I got the decision. I believe it was unanimous, unanimous decision. decision. And the crowd was not too happy about it. It was a close fight in my opinion. Yoel Romero probably edged it for me but I could see the second round going to Paulo Costa as well it's a close fight with the three round 10-9 must system where you have to give someone 10-9 every single round pretty much you're going to have decisions like that in those close three round fights and that's just how it's going to be until they decide to change how they score fights that's how it'll be moving forward though Nate Diaz had his prominent return. Oh, that was a fun fight. After a three-year layoff, last fight going against Conor McGregor, the second time in a split decision loss, he he fought an impressive fight against Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis, in my opinion, starting to become one of those guys who, you know, he was a champion, then once he lost the belt, went to complete mediocrity in terms of fighting the top-ranked and guys. Nate Diaz just looked better than him last night. He was, yeah, he fought an incredible fight. And what, Pettis had good moments, too. Yeah, when he when he was on his, when he was on his, when Nate had his back and then he flipped it twice in the third round, that was incredible because Nate's a black belt in jiu-jitsu uh, with the Horace Gracie family, incredibly respected family in mixed martial arts they paved the way for all the wrestlers and jiu-jitsu guys to do what they do and for him to do that against Nate Diaz is just incredible and he had good moments to the fight but Nate Diaz clearly I'd say he probably took all three rounds tough to say with that second round but I'd probably give him all three rounds incredible fight I thought he took all three rounds as well. Didn't the judges say he took all three rounds? I think it was 30-27 for two of them, then 29-28. So two, so one so of them So pretty said, much everybody agreed with us. Yes. Yeah, that was that really wasn't that hard of a call in my opinion. Nate Diaz is just, gas tank is so incredible. He does like triathlons. 
Like the first time he, uh, the when he fought Connor the first time, when he fought him on two weeks' notice and he choked him out in the second round, he was uh, he was training for a triathlon before that, so he was just in incredible shape, and that's what he's always done. It looked like he had been lifting though. By he his looked body. big. He looked. I mean, he looked pretty big, in my opinion. He looks he like he's been big. lifting. But you look at that, just an impressive. And then he calls out Jorge Masvidal, who just had the fastest right. UFC <laughs> knockout against undefeated Missouri graduate Ben Askren, who is just an incredible athlete, but hit him with that flying knee two seconds into the fight, and Ben was out cold. Just an incredible knockout. He is on a high at the likes of which we have never seen. And so is that welterweight division. It has never been this exciting. Just to list off some guys. Anthony Pettis just joined. Nate Diaz is there. You got Leon Edwards, who's who just was going to fight Jorge Masvidal before Nate got to. And then Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, and I didn't even mention Tyron Woodley. That's just an incredible, that's just an incredible division. Then you got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's one of the greatest kickboxers of all time. It's a stack. Can't wait for the next card. <laughs> that's that, that's a stack division. I mean, in Robbie Lawler, who's just a straight up killer, he's scary. I mean, he can't. He's not as good as he used to be, but he's still going to give you his best, and it's it's a tough out for anyone. So, it's going to be exciting to see what comes of the welterweight division in the coming months, especially with the Colby Covington, uh, Kamari Usman unification bout. And then later this year, we can't talk about the card last night without talking about what happened in the title fight at the end between Stipe and DC. It's disappointing for DC because he was after this fight, he was more than likely going to fight John Jones at 205 again. And DC was going to fight John Jones. Yes, I think so. He was going to fight John again. And. And he was winning. He won all three of the first rounds, in my opinion. You might be able to give one of them to Stipe, but he I was thought winning. he took all three. He was, yeah, he was winning. He was winning the fight, and then Stipe started landing that those body shots with his left, and then he landed that one, then followed it up with a one-two, and just the was, combo to put him down was wild. Yeah, it was incredible. He, DC said, I was watching the interviews this morning. He said he uh, didn't see that one two coming after the body shot that hurt him, and that was basically good night. All she wrote. That's the heavyweight division. That's why the longest time anyone's defended the belt is only three, and compared to like the welterweight division with George St. Pierre defending his nine times, Demetrius Johnson, he might have done it 10, or or actually, GSP, I think, did it eight, and then Demetrius Johnson did it nine, which is so much higher at the other weight weight classes. The heavyweight division has just always had... They've never really had a sunken-in champion, and Stipe has sort of been that. I mean, if you want to call three defenses that. But good for him. He's going to have, he's going to have a, a little bit of options coming up for his next fight. You got... You got the DC rematch if he wants to come back and win that and then probably go retire. You also have uh, the Francis Ngannou fight, which he's already fought him and he he dismantled him. But that was a that was a younger Francis Ngannou and he hadn't grappled as much and honestly didn't look as powerful. And that's 
That's actually about it. Probably those two fights, or John comes up. John Jones comes up and fights him at heavyweight, but I don't think he wants to do that. He likes to talk, but I don't think he wants to. Probably not. I don't doesn't want to mess with that. I don't think he wants to entertain it personally, but I think he could have a lot of success. I mean, he's the best UFC fighter of all time. I don't understand why he wouldn't. When does he fight again? Do he is know? not. Ske- he's not scheduled for another fight. That's a shame. If I like watching him fight. I mean, it, all the talk was really around if DC can finish, if DC can get, I mean, they weren't scheduling him because of DC, because if DC won, they were going to try and negotiate that fight. But now it's all wide open for him. He can't fight Tiago Santos again, despite the despite the layoff, because, or despite, even just even despite of all the time because of his knee, with him tearing literally every ligament in there. And he can't... There's just not much... There's not much to entertain in that division yet. Maybe in a year or two, maybe Chris Weidman can get up there in the ranks. Luke Rockhold already got finished. There's there's just not much there. Maybe Johnny Walker or Corey Anderson, whoever wins that fight, might get it. But even, even those two, I just don't... I don't know, maybe Corey could, but... And John's looking worse and worse, in my opinion. He looked bad against Santos, so we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. From college to MLB, join me, Taylor Renee, and me, Emma Hayes, as we discuss all things baseball on KCAU Sports' first and exclusively female talk show, A League of Their Own. Tune in every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia or online at kcou.fm. There's no crying in baseball! I'm jumping in with my clothes off! Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm Jay Ashcroft, Missouri's Secretary of State. Our securities division works hard to protect Missouri investors. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Call us to learn if your investment advisor is properly registered. Give us a call today at 800 721 7996 and check with us before you write the check. Sponsored by Missouri Secretary of State Securities Division Investor Education and Protection Fund. back here in studio a and we're going to start talking about baseball now i believe and how will you tell everybody who you picked at the beginning of the summer as your team for this summer the new york mets we're back baby and how are they doing when we left terribly and how are they doing now pretty optimistic i'd say i'm i'd be pretty optimistic they are firmly in the wild card race after a blistering start coming out of the all-star break. You know, also had a good start to all-star break, at least through like the first 10, 12 games was the Royals. 
like second best record alongside the Mets. Meh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But the New York Mets have played incredible throughout the month of August yeah. and going to be interesting to see how well they can hold up in the month of September leading into the playoffs if they can. Well, you get a lot of those divisional games coming up. So they're going to have a lot of the Nationals who are also good and they're going to have a lot of the Braves. Could they still win the division? I am looking right now. I know that they are about, I think, two games out of a wild card spot. But I think the division might be pushing it just a little bit. They are nine games behind Atlanta. Yeah, that is pushing it. <laughs> so they're one game behind Philly and looks like four and a half, no, three and a half behind Washington for that divisional race. So they are in fourth out of five they only have Miami below them who they have you know a 20 game lead on almost because Miami's bad but it looks actually like they've started to cool off a little bit the Mets they're six and four in their last 10 they were going about eight and two in every 10 games coming out of the break but that puts them two games out of a wild card spot which is currently held by the Cubs who are tied with the uh, Cardinals atop the division for the central. Okay. Yeah, there's it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. It's going to be interesting to see how if uh I'm I'm interested to see if the Nationals will be able to make it to the playoffs cuz that'd be kind of ironic if the Phillies didn't and the Nationals did. It would be with the whole Bryce Harper saga, but the Nationals pitching is something that always propels them towards the playoffs. Did they ever make it with Bryce Harper? They the made playoffs? the playoffs, yeah, but they just never could move past the first round or series really that they had in the playoffs ever because they've always had trouble with that but they'd run into a team that was much better than them and that comes with the fact that they aren't like a playoff team now now I'm looking at I'm on ESPN right now and I'm looking at the percentages of making the playoffs for the St. Louis Cardinals who have basically the same record as as your team they have a 45 percent chance okay you guys have a 71 percent chance why is that is it? Are they just basing that off team? Um, they could be, or the remaining schedule. I have no idea who the Cardinals have for the rest of the year, but the Cubs' schedule is—it's not tremendously challenging. I mean, it's a baseball schedule, so you're going to have your tough games and you're going to have your not tough games. But the Cubs—I mean, they have the Brewers a lot, they have the Cardinals a lot, but they do get a break with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. But I mean, the Cardinals play those teams too. So yeah, I wonder, all who, I wonder who the Cardinals have that is making that chance so low. Yeah, I don't, I, that's what I was thinking. Cause 40, I mean, that's a huge drop. That's like 26, yeah, 26 percentage. It's a lot of percentage points to put on the fact that the Cubs just have made the playoffs the past few years. Cause I mean, the Cubs look really bad on the road. I've been really impressed with how the Dodgers have played this year, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, they've got MVP, or should be MVP, Cody Bellinger, because he's been ridiculous. Their pitching staff has been good, even in the absence of Ryu, or Ryu, I, don't, I forget how you say it, but in the absence of him, they've been really good. Walker Bueller's been fantastic. I mean, and it helps that their division is not the greatest. That's true. The San the San Francisco Giants are in second place. The San Francisco Giants are in second place. Eighteen and wow. a half games back. What's their record? They are sixty three and sixty one. That's not even. Oh, I mean, that's kind. 
Mm. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's mediocre. Not it's not it's horrible. It's mediocre. It's not horrible, the but second, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it, and that's only two, it's only like two games different than what the Cubs are right now. I know. They're, they, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty tough luck <laughs> to have the Dodgers right now. It is, now. because the Dodgers just pound everyone. And the Diamondbacks are 61 and 63. Yeah, but there won't be, uh, I mean, I guess San Francisco could, but I really don't think there will be another wild card team from the West. I don't believe so either. Who do you have taken the wild card spots in the NL? Probably the I have Cards. A, I have a central team, either the Cards or the Cubs. Um, I mean, it's a toss-up at this point on who's going to win the division when they're so close. And then, honestly, I feel like I see Milwaukee sneaking in there too. I still you see both the I, two I, central I, I teams? I still see two central teams coming in. I had that at the beginning of the year in my predictions that I wrote where the two central teams would make it. I had it being the Cubs and the Brewers, I believe. You mean three? Well, two wild card teams coming from the Central. And then, and and then, then the, division the division winner. winner so yeah, so teams. I had the Cardinals winning, and I think I had the Cubs and the Brewers playing in the wild card game at Wrigley Field. That was last year, wasn't it? Didn't that happen last year? No, the Cubs played the Rockies. Oh, at yeah, Wrigley that Field is correct. And lost. They played that weird game 163 against Milwaukee and lost. Yes, that's what, yep, that's so what I, So, yeah, I, I guess I still see Milwaukee and the Cubs at Wrigley Field for the wild card game. Just because, I mean, Philly is good and they have a good team, but they've been inconsistent. And, I mean, the Mets are going to have to keep up a pace that they did not sustain for the first half of the year to make the playoffs. And I'm sorry to say that to you because I know you love your Mets. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to close the door. I think they'll keep close and keep in the hunt for the rest of the season, but I don't think they'll be able to close the door on a playoff spot. Come on, ETH. Let's go Mets, baby. Absolutely. Go Mets, as long as they don't take the Cubs' playoff spot. But I just don't think they'll be able to uh, close that door completely just because they're going to have so much tough games down their schedule because the Braves are really good, and the Phillies have been winning games recently, as we know, because they kind of pounded the Cubs. <laughs> now, when you look at the American League, you do have some interesting uh, matchups. you got the AL Central as well, which is also close. My Indians, baby. The Indians two and a half games back with an incredible. They second. closed an eleven and a half game lead that the Twins held. Uh, I believe it was in early June. The Twins held an eleven and a half game lead. And even if and even if one of these two teams doesn't win the division, they're still going to get the wild card spot. It, I mean, it's close. It's close. If you're looking at it right now, Cleveland has a one game lead. They're in the top wild card spot. They're one game above the Rays, who are. Uh, Half a game above Oakland. What happened to Boston this year? They're six and a half games from the wild card spot. Boston just dropped off after winning the World Series. You see this a lot. And yeah, after baseball, teams you win do. the World Series. You saw it with the Royals. Royals was more injury based and tragedy based, even. But but even with a team like you know the Cubs who made the playoffs again, they just weren't the same team the year after. And I think that's just something you see. You see that you know World Series hangover effect is what they call it. And the team just doesn't play as well as they did the season before. Now, do I think uh, Boston is out of this with uh, with a bunch of games left and six and a half games out? No, absolutely not. Boston can close this gap. Boston has the talent to close this gap. 
They can score runs. They play great defense. Their pitching staff is good. They just need to play like they did down the stretch last year, which I'm not sure if they can. But they will be able to make up ground on teams like Tampa Bay because they're in the division, and they'll play them a bunch over the rest of the season. So Tampa Bay, who is currently, you know, six and a half games above them, well, if the if the uh, Boston sweeps them twice, that's half a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's It'll be interesting to see what happens. The Oakland A's as well with Billy Bean. Stop it. <laughs> Come on, man. But, yeah, no, Oakland, Oakland is a good team. They made the playoffs last year, and, I mean, we'll have to see what Tampa Bay does. Honestly, I think it depends on Tampa Bay. And in, at the beginning of the season, I think I also had the wild card teams being both from the AL East. <laughs> You had the Rays and the Red Sox, or did you I had have the, the Yankees? Yankees? I think instead of the Red Sox, but I had three teams from the East making the playoffs. So honestly, not bad. No, your <laughs> Say, predictions not bad. were pretty I had, nice. I had Cleveland winning the division and Houston winning the division, and then the Red Sox winning the division, which won't happen because the Red Sox are way too far behind to win the division now. But I still had them making the playoffs. It's not bad. When you look at the AL, who do you who do you see as your biggest threats to make it win the pennant and go to the World Series? The Houston Astros. And I know it's crazy because, you know, they've been there. They're always seem to be there recently, but it's the Houston Astros. Like, come on, they went out and got Zach Greinke at the trade deadline. Are you kidding? To add to Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander already? That's game one, one two, and three. You have, you have three losses. If you're any team pretty much but the Yankees, you have three losses. In game one, two. What are you going to do then? You said, who are the three pitchers? Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Zach Granke. That's tough. I remember when Granke used to pitch for the Royals. Like, seriously, if those three pitch anywhere near what they can do in any games in the playoffs, you're down at least two to one in the series, if not three to nothing. What are you going to do then? And then if it's, you know, a best of, be... if you know, if it's a best of five, like a divisional round game, the series is already over. If not, you got to win four in a row, and you already know they're putting someone out there, someone else out there for game four. I think it's like Wade Miley who hasn't been bad either this season. He's been pretty good. And then you're and then you're just running one, it back. Yeah, and then yeah. your game one's gonna be game. And five. then you're just running it back. <laughs> and they've got the talent with uh, Springer and Altuve and Bregman. They've got the offense. They've got the pitching. That's the team that I'm taking to make the World Series right now from the American League. I'm taking them over the Yankees in the AL Championship Series. And where do you see the Minnesota Twins falling in all of this? Honestly, I still have them as a wild card. I mean, right now I think I have them as a wild card team. I think the Indians will take the division still. What uh, When you look at the Indians, what do you make of the Yasiel Puig deal? I think it was good for them. I think it was good for them. He delivered a spark that I feel like they needed. They need someone like that. Yeah, he, he'll spark you. He will. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny how he got in a fight after he had been traded. Yeah, that's something. Um, But, yeah, no, I think he's a good— I mean, obviously giving up Trevor Bauer is a huge deal because he was one of their better pitchers, if not their best pitcher. But I think it was worth it for them in the long run. And going back to the NL Central when it comes to your Cubs, what do you think the Cubs need to do? Because I think I have a simple, simple solution. The simple answer is win on the road. Yeah. The simple answer is play like they play at home on the road. And you could ask anyone in the Cubs organization or anyone that's a Cubs fan, 
we have no idea why this is happening or why it is this way. Yeah, you look down the list, there's about three or four teams playing better than you guys at home. And I would say it's say, the Astros, the Yankees, and then the Dodgers. Ab- absolutely. We're top five at home and bottom five on the road. You look at us, we're, uh, we're a few games over 500. We're like eight games, seven games over 500 right yes. now. We're probably, what, do you have our home record? Your home record is 41 and 19. Absolutely. And We're, your road say, record is 24 and 39. That makes us what, 22 games over 500 at home? Yes. If we played half that well on the road, you'd be one of the be, best teams in baseball. I mean, not even one of the best teams in baseball. We'd just be locked as at a playoff spot right now. The division race would be over. We'd have a 10 game lead on everybody else. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's ridiculous because you look at teams in our division who we play all the time. We'll play, you know, Pittsburgh or Cincinnati at home and we'll sweep them. And then we'll go there and put out the exact same team against their exact same team and lose like 10 to 1. Yeah, it's it's. I just don't understand why that's <laughs> happening. And I don't think anybody really understands why that's happening. I don't think the players understand why that's happening. I don't think the coaching staff understands why that's happening. And I don't think like the GM and the front office and the owner and that kind of stuff understand why it's happening either. It's just very confusing and it has to be something. It has to be a mental game of some kind. Of, some kind. There has to be something going on in the players' heads that is preventing them from winning on the road because... I mean, it's a little different because, you know, each park is different like that, but it's still baseball. Yeah. You're still facing, you know, the same pitchers that you just faced, you know, last week at home on the road. For sure. That's true. But for the for the Yankees, do you remember you now like a week before the All-Star break or not the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, when the trade deadline was about to happen, did they ever find anyone to pitch for them? Or did they just figure it out and stop freaking out about it? I think they just stopped freaking out about it. They didn't really go out and get anybody big. Yeah, I I wouldn't have either. You're one of the best teams in the AL. I don't understand. You know what's funny? What? I've seen I've seen them play two, I mean, off, kind of, I mean, I guess awful teams. I've seen them play Toronto, the Yankees. I've seen them play Toronto, and I've seen them play the White Sox. Because I went to a game... When I was in New York, I went to see them play Toronto in New York, and then I saw them play the White Sox when I was at home this summer because mm-hmm. I have a couple friends that were White Sox fans wanted to go, and I'm like, all right, it's baseball. I like baseball. They lost both times. Did they? They did. The White Sox killed them, and they lost like 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one to the Blue Jays when I saw them play, which I think is funny because the Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball. They're the second best team in the American League, right, to the Astros. They might even be better than the Astros. Uh, They are better than the Astros. So they're the best team in the American League. They're probably the second best team in baseball behind the Dodgers. Actually, they have a better record than the Dodgers right now. So they're the best team in baseball. Best team in baseball. And I've seen them lose (laughs) twice this year. They're better than them by one game. If anybody's listening, if you're playing them in the World Series, just get me there. It's a sweep. (laughs) Get me there. It's a sweep. That, That could be arranged. That could be arranged. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the Yankees, or not Wrigley, uh, Yankee Stadium. That place when they're when they're really good, that that place is so hard to win at. That place is jumping when they aren't good too. I know, but I'm just saying, like that playoff atmosphere. It's an awesome, awesome environment there. They love sold their out? baseball. Yeah, it was an afternoon game. On a Saturday, I believe it was a Saturday. Yeah, it was a Saturday. 
yeah, completely and- sold out. Everybody was there. Everybody was loud. They were losing. I mean, it was 0-0 for most of the game, and then they were losing in the later innings, and we almost saw them put together something in the bottom of the ninth. It was, it was crazy. It was loud. It was a lot of fun. It seemed like it would have been. I've always, that's, a, that's a ballpark a lot of people would like to go to. It's worth it, too. It's a lot of history around that area for baseball. Well, don't they have that little memorial for, like, Babe Ruth and, like, all the retired guys, the, yeah. their numbers? How was Did you go to that? I did not. Oh, you didn't go to that? No. That's tough. It is. It's all right. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. We're going to take a short break. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? KNC Sports. I don't sleep and I don't eat. Tune in Tuesday mornings from 8 to 9. KNC Sports. Radio to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Kyle Jones and Cole Tusing talking all things sports. One more hit, no time to waste. KNC Sports. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hi, I'm Jay Ashcroft, Missouri Secretary of State. If you've been approached about an investment opportunity or think you're being pressured to invest, call our Investor Protection Hotline at 800-721-7996. Our Securities Division is here to help. Don't write the check before you check. Paid for by the Missouri Secretary of State Securities Division, Investor Education and Protection Fund. Right now, we're going to take a moment and talk about what, what we thought were the best moments of the summer while we were away. For me, it would have to be the fight that I brought up earlier today, which was the Tiago Santos uh, John Jones fight. Just an incredible display of heart and skill by Santos. Apparently, he had a knee injury prior to the fight, he had a meniscus tear. But during the fight, he had a torn MCL, ACL, meniscus, PCL, and LCL. It's literally everything. I think it was the LCL, too. At that point, your knee is, like, basically non-existent. <laughs> and he did it in the first round in, on one judge's scorecards in many of the fans' personal scorecards, if you will, how they scored the fight, had him winning the fight. And the worst part, of, the worst part about that fight was Dana White... Dana White going off and saying that, you know, John Jones clearly won the fight, which he clearly did not. He was he was getting pieced and he was getting he was getting hit with shots and he didn't look too good. The defense wasn't there, the kicks weren't there, the explosiveness wasn't well, there that obviously, normally. He had no knee. <laughs> no, I'm talking about for John. Oh. John just didn't play John just didn't fight very well that night and he looked he looked bad. It, it's probably as worse as he's looked since the Oven St. Prue fight when it was supposed to be Daniel and it wasn't. And it wasn't. And I think Daniel would have beat him on that night too. 
But going to be interesting to see what happens from that. Do you have a specific moment, Ethan? I would probably say the U.S. women's national team winning the World Cup would probably be so? my moment of the summer. Just because yeah. it's awesome. I mean, it's an awesome story. We love when they do that kind of stuff, especially because the men's team can't deliver that kind of stuff for us. We'll see. <laughs> no, I think 2024 they could do something. I mean, we'll see. We can hope. It's going to happen. All right. I'll write it down. Don't write it Book down. Book it, right? Don't write it down. Um, Go, call up Vegas real quick. Make the bet now. <laughs> make mm. the bet. wonder what the odds are. Do they even do odds there, that far in the no future? There's no way they do odds that far into the future. But... Well, then, let's see. What's the best thing? Did you go to many, if any, live sporting events this summer? I went to the I went to the Royals game with Bo Bichette, with Bo Bichette's debut. I went to that game. So, what's is that the best thing you saw this summer? Your moment? Did he hit a home run in that game? He had a. I think he had a single his first hit. He saw his first hit, but. So is that the coolest live sporting probably, thing that you saw this summer? Probably. All right, mine would definitely be. I saw Kyle Schwarber hit a walk off home run. Yeah, that was at Wrigley sick. Field, just yeah. into the basket and left, and wow, that was cool. It was fun. Yeah, I, I I would assume mostly because I was there with my family, and they were like, you know what, we have to go home if they don't end it in this inning, and we have to leave early. I'm like, well, Kyle, you better do something. And then <laughs> Kyle hit a home run. Yeah, pretty. That was probably pretty awesome. But no, didn't really didn't really go to too many live sporting events this year. I honestly haven't really gone to too many. I went to Chiefs game last year and then went to the March Madness game. Both those oh, games yeah. weren't really planned. I I found out a day before that I was going to the game. So pretty awesome experiences nonetheless. But no, I haven't gone to too many live sporting well, events. Well, that'll change because college football is right around the corner. Two weeks from yesterday, I Mizzou forgot has it. their I, first game. I didn't even consider Mizzou games, I guess. So that's on Are me. you ready for that? What are you thinking for this season? Any any ideas? Two weeks from yesterday is our first game against Wyoming out in Laramie. Who knows? Who knows? No one. I is don't this think the year, any- you know, we win the division because we have a bowl ban and we can't go to the championship game or probably, a bowl game? <laughs> probably. We go 12-0. and 0, We beat Bama. Not, no, we're not allowed to go to the SEC championship game or a bowl game. We could run the table. For lack of a better words, that would be something. That would be something. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. If we, even if we went to the SEC championship undefeated and lost to Bama, you're still probably... Going to a New Year's going, Six. Well, New we, Year's Six, going, for sure. Probably going to the... Depending on how you play against Bama, probably going to the college football playoff. Because Bama's going. Bama's the only team to go every year. Clemson's going to be a lock. You Clemson this year, will, Clemson will be a lock. Unless they... Unless, unless they, there's an injury. Or they just don't play well. Never know. They could not play well and still win the ACC <laughs> easily. <laughs> true, that's true. They'll probably, yeah, they'll probably storm through the ACC. The ACC is terrible. That's one thing that I'm tired of Dabo saying. Oh, I'm just tired of all this SEC talk. You play the schedule then. Let Bama play those ACC schools. <laughs> Bama would love to play. You know, run through it. Yeah, give them North Carolina. Give them Georgia Tech. Give, give them, them Florida Virginia. State and all these <laughs> other bum teams. Are you kidding me, dude? The Duke was ranked at one point. That's how bad Alabama it, plays Duke this year. Do they? They do. Where is it? Is it in? I have no idea. It's probably, it's probably in Alabama. It's definitely not in Durham. <laughs> <laughs> is it in Alabama? Yeah, they'll probably get run. But that was because of Daniel Alabama's going to get run by Duke. You kidding? 
No. Alabama's know. going to run, know. Duke. I don't know. There's no way they <laughs> win that game. Not a chance. But one one team that truly surprised me over the summer was the Toronto Raptors, obviously. Winning. Oh, yeah. We completely forgot to talk about that. Yeah. I was going to initiate a public apology to Kyle Lowry for the slander I gave him because nope. he played incredible Kyle in the Lowry, books. Kyle Lowry, still not that good. He played pretty great in the playoffs. I mean, that, that Buck series was pretty incredible and then for him to for him to play pretty well in the in the finals too was impressive. All right, I'm going to ask you right now for a way too early give me Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals and then NBA finals and then champion. Give me the Lakers and the Warriors. Did you see the Lakers are pursuing Dwight Howard right now? Yeah, I would. I There's would love mutual to s- interest between them, is what I heard this morning. I would love to see that because I think he, you could run him coming off the bench and well, rotate it. St- well, because Boogie is gone. If I was them, I would run AD at the five, put Kyle Kuzma at the four, and then you could probably just put LeBron back at the three now, and then well, who's going to play point guard? Rondo, Rondo, and then put Danny Green at the two. That could work. That could I, work. I think that's a great lineup. <laughs> I think and that, you think the Warriors? Yes. You don't think the Clippers? You I don't think, think the Rockets? No, I don't. I don't know. It's so wide open. I'm just giving you that. The Western Conference is so stacked right now. It is ridiculously stacked. I was thinking the opposite of what you said. I was thinking the Clippers and the Rockets were going to Really? Make, yeah. Interesting. I... I just don't know how Russell Westbrook and James Harden will mesh. Well, in due time, we will tell. I'm not going to. No, decide. there's no need to speculate on that yeah, right I now. Have we'll no, figure it out when the season starts. Yeah, I have no idea it's, how I mean, any of these. All these teams are all different. Every correct. single one of them. You go from the Rockets, the Clippers are completely different. The Lakers are are complete the, the 180. Warriors, the Warriors are different. The Rockets are different. The Warriors are truly the only team that have kind of kept the core around. But they, yeah, except, for Iggy, except for Iggy. Except for Iggy. KD. But there, but Katie wasn't even part of the main core. That core is that core can win together. We know that. This is true. But and Clay is hurt too. Well, so. and deloading will be a good addition. Oh, I forgot. Oh my gosh, I forgot about him. Yeah, I guess they aren't the same. My apologies. They're changed too. And uh, I mean, you look at even a team like the Jazz, who went out and got Mike Conley, who's a huge upgrade over someone like Ricky Rubio. That that backcourt is pretty nice with him and Donovan Mitchell. And they have Gobert at the five, and this is a team that could also make a playoff run. They still have Derek Favors, don't they? I believe so. They And they have guys like Jay Crowder. And, and the Jazz were a two-seed last year. Well, I don't think they'll do that again this year. It's a team that could also win in the playoffs. And you No, still... they weren't a two-seed. No, that was the Nuggets. You're thinking of the Nuggets. Or the Nuggets, yeah. With yeah. with uh, Jokic. They were the fifth, I think. I think the Jazz were the fifth seed. Yeah. Fourth or fifth. Them and the Rockets. And... And then you still have the only team that really didn't change was Portland. Yeah, they picked up Hassan Whiteside, who's a pretty good addition defensively compared to Ennis Cantor. And then I w- I'm assuming Nurkic is going to go back sometimes. He should. Because it was only a break. I don't think there was any ligament damage, thankfully. So they, they could really surprise some people. The, the conference is so stacked. And then you look at... And then who do you think from the East? Tell me about the, the East. The Bucks for sure, and then maybe the Sixers. But the Sixers, they keep trading away. Like, and and I have been pretty harsh on Ben Simmons when it comes to his, with it comes to his ability to progress as an NBA player. But 
this Philadelphia is not helping him by getting rid of all of his shooters that he has had. Well, they couldn't really. Keeping Jimmy was not something that they really. It was up to Jimmy. It was up to Jimmy, but I'm talking about J.J. Redick. I'm talking oh, about yeah. Landry Shaman. Duke South, baby. Yeah. But, like, they're, they, I mean, that's three guys right off the top of my head, and there's more than that, I assume. They're, they keep getting rid of all these guys who can shoot. And uh, Tobias can shoot, but he's not a shooter. No, no, you're and who your else, best who shooters, else is your shooter now? Like Joel Embiid and Al Horford, and like that's just not going to be. They're not spot up shooters. Like they can knock it down when no one. So they don't there. have. A, I mean, in a three point league, they don't have a three point offense. And when it comes to the Bucks, a team that's going to be able to put up more points than them, absolutely, they're not going to be able to. And then, are you on on the Nets or off the Nets? off for right now just until kd gets back i'm probably just off in general you don't, I don't, you don't think people you don't think like uh Kyrie, deandre jordan dinwiddie that kind of stuff they can put together anything that would get them to the conference finals not to the conference finals no probably second round Kyrie has struggled without help from the one of the greatest players of all time and then well, he's going to get KD back, now, but not this season. But even when he gets him back, there that injury, the Achilles injury is it's one harsh. injury that I will never, I will, until, until the sports medicine gets better, you know, down our sports broadcasting careers, which probably will because ACL injuries used to be pretty, pretty bad for people. And maybe that'll happen with the Achilles. It seems to be reoccurring more and more. I mean, so... Yeah, yeah. Medicine will probably get it will better. advance, but that's a, that's an injury that is really hard to come back from at, at the, the same at the same level. But I don't think it'll really affect his shooting ability. No, of course not. He'll I still think... be able to knock down almost everything from almost anywhere on the floor. No, I agree, but that's just not the same. Kevin Durant and Kyrie has proven to one be a complete toxic teammate, along with along with Kevin Durant wanting to be this alpha male. Like, they're both kind of alphas, and I don't know how close they are. I'm assuming they're pretty close, but... And then one more team, in or out on Boston? I'm in. I think Kemba Walker is one of the more underrated guards in the entire league. Oh, absolutely. And I think he's a better team. they still got Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum's going to develop. Jalen Brown is going to be better. Gordon Hayward is finally back from his rehabilitation year. So who is their big man? Their big man, did it, they get? They didn't. They got rid of Al Horford. Obviously, they, they have Taco. They have they Taco do. now, <laughs> who off the bench is going to be Boy. able to provide a good spark. I, I stood next to that kid. <laughs> did you really? When he played here, because oh, I yeah, was yeah, sit, I were, was courtside. Yeah, and he was inbounding the ball underneath the basket, basically right next to me. Oh my! <laughs> it's a different That's level. The biggest human being I've ever seen ever. Probably will be. <laughs> Unless you, I mean, unless, unless you count, into, you know, Zion or Shaq who weighs more. Yeah, <laughs> Shaq will be more physically, physically scary, yeah. intimidating. Hey, the Bears uh, cut their second kicker, leaving just Eddie Panero as their one kicker on the roster. Nice. So we got one now. Speaking of the Chicago Bears, Cedric Benson tragically passed away due to a motorcycle crash at the age of 36. Played his first three years for the Bears and then played four seasons for the Bengals, having his best years, three straight 1,000-yard seasons. With Cincinnati. With Cincinnati. Rest in peace to him. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers to his family as they go through this tough time. 
And with this, we will take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to do our moments of the week and upsets of the week. You are listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and our website, kcu.fm on the blue box. Hey, Mizzou fans, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that 80% of MU students have a negative opinion of people who litter during tailgating? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. KCOU would like to thank One to One Print Shop for their support. One to One outfitted our entire staff with custom performance polos and t-shirts, and they can do the same for your business or organization. To learn more, visit them at 1610 Paris Road, or go to their website at one-to-oneprintshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. Thank you, One to One, for supporting KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Welcome back to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM. All right, what's next? We have the moments of the week for this. We're closing out the show. For we're my, already done with the first show. I know. It, yeah, it blew by, honestly. But for me, I have to do Josh Gordon getting reinstated. It's just one of the one of the best wide receiver talents we have ever seen in recent memory. It's nice to see him be able to be able to get his uh, spot again and be able to do his thing. It's a, it's exciting for him to get the opportunity again to play and I tried to claim I saw he got reinstated. I immediately tried to claim him in fantasy football. Somebody already had him. Really? He's that good of a talent. I literally tried to claim him about 30 seconds after I saw they were letting him back in the league. He's he's special, man. He's something. I mean, you saw it last year when he got to play. He made an immediate impact on the on the Patriots when he that that ball he caught against the Colts week 5 or 6. Incredible play. This he's an incredible talent and I'm happy for him even if it's at the detriment of my Chiefs come playoff time. My moment of the week would have been Manchester City's 93rd minute winner yesterday against Tottenham, but it was taken away due to a VAR decision, which I did not agree with. But the rule does state that if you that if a def, that if an offensive player hits the ball and then it is scored or touches the ball with like their arms and it it was inadvertent, it was unintentional, it was it caught his arm as it went through the box. It kept going through the box. It did not. I mean it. It did not go in the net from hitting his arm, which it did. When, if you looked at the Champions League last year when Man City played Tottenham, Fernando Llorente put a ball in the back of the net with his arm, and they reviewed it on VAR, and they did not. They, they left it. They let a goal stand that went in off the arm. And if you look at this, this ball came flying through the box off a corner. It hit one of Manchester City's defenders' arm as on its way through the box. It bounced to Gabriel Jesus who dribbled across the box. He did not, like, kick it 
right off this dude's arm. Like, he didn't bounce off this arm directly to his feet. He dribbled, created space for himself, and then put the goal away. Yeah, that's tough. I, yeah, I agree. I'm not. I was in a case like that. This is why. This is why I do not like VAR. I don't like it. Just let, just let it play. Just, just let them play. Like, there's no sense in taking away a winner like that. Manchester City dominated this game. They had 30 shots. Tottenham had three shots. Three shots. Two on target. Two goals. Man City had 30 shots. They dominated possession. They dominated attack. They had way more corners. I just I just don't think it's... I just don't like VAR and the way it takes away like that. Just because it shouldn't have taken away like that. Okay, but my moment of the week is also it's just going to stay in soccer. Did you have a question? Uh, you Go ahead. I'll ask it after. My moment of the week uh, is going to be Christian Pulisic, America's golden boy. Uh, getting his first start for Chelsea in the Super Cup against Liverpool, which they ended up losing on penalties. But he got a an assist, a beautiful assist. And he also would have scored if it didn't get taken away for VAR. He would have had a goal and an assist in that game, but his goal was taken away because he was offsides. Yes. Even though, you know, he dribbled the ball, dribbled it back onside, turned around and scored, they took it away for offsides on VAR, which is, you know, whatever. But my question was going to be, you see, you're seeing a lot more video re- replay, especially within, like, since we were kids, like, just, like, in the NFL, they've reviewed a lot more in, you know, college football they have and NBA and all that. What, what what do you make of, like, being able to challenge pass interference calls? What do you make of that? So I understand why they're doing it. And same with the NBA. You can challenge some calls, I too. understand why they're doing it, especially when you see something as ridiculous as Roby Coleman's what should have been penalty. Are you allowed to challenge that now? Yes, you are. Because the flag wasn't thrown, you can challenge it? You can challenge okay. it. I, can, was, well, I didn't know if you could cha- you could only challenge if the flag was thrown or if- you can challenge. You throw your challenge flag okay. out there. I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know the full rules. You can here, challenge right? whether they th- if they throw the flag or if they don't throw the flag. If you think it's a penalty, you can challenge. I'm I'm assuming you can challenge for it being a penalty, not against it being a penalty. Okay. I'm assuming that's but what it still, is. But still, but still, when you look at something like that, pass interference, any time. Unless you're catching a ball wide open, you could make an argument that there's pass interference if there's any contact. So what I'm worried about with this is that, you know, you and I are playing against each other and you're the defensive back and, you know, the ball's coming and you swap my hand. What if they call that pass interference now? Because, you know, you made contact with my hands while I was trying to go for the ball and you weren't turned around looking for the ball while you were making contact with my hands. Is that pass interference now if they challenge it? Yes, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, Which, you know, would be, have been a clean play last year and be, probably really isn't a penalty in my opinion. I still, I, even now, I still look at that Roby Coleman play and I still... Like, I understand, baffled. I understand that's why it's in the, in the rules now. And I understand that to make sure you don't get something like that wrong again. But I think, and you're seeing it with VAR, I think it's getting way too nitpicky because something like... Manchester City is, you know, they've had two goals taken away in their first two games. One because of that weird handball 
which if you look at a picture, it didn't even really look at a handball like a handball. And they had one because taken away because Raheem Sterling's arm was offsides. Not his feet where he was playing the ball. Like he was running, so his body was a little he wasn't standing straight up and down. One of his arms was offsides. And they that's, took a goal away for it. And he wasn't even the one that scored. He passed the ball. Yeah, that's silly. So they took that away. And and you see it like in the Champions League. Some of these calls that they're calling when they like give a penalty or like don't give a goal or something like that, some of them are not the right call. Yeah, and they're such they're making the well they're making the wrong call. Yeah, like they're reviewing it and they're still getting it wrong, and they're overturning something that they got right on the field, and they're taking it like away. So I think you have an issue of you really have to get it right if you're going to have this because if you're getting it wrong, what's the point of it? Yeah, they've also baseball has done that too, and I've noticed they've gotten it wrong in baseball. They have, like they've. I don't understand, and especially in a game like baseball or soccer, when you're reviewing something in football, the pace of play is broken up a little bit more because you know you huddle up a lot of the time. Unless you're a team that runs the hurry up constantly, you huddle up. But in a game like soccer, where it flows the whole time, or in a game like baseball, where you know if you challenge a pickoff throw to first in the middle of an at bat, completely ruins the flow of the game. Yeah. It does. Because, like, if you're a hitter in baseball and you get a, you know, a, st- a call on a steal, gets challenged in the middle of your at-bat, well, you know, you were at 2-2 two and two and you were expecting a fastball on the next pitch because you just got a changeup. But, no, wait a second. We're going to have to take a break for two minutes. Sometimes even longer. I just, I mean, it needs to be faster. And you need to make sure you get the call right. I Yeah, I couldn't agree more with especially getting the call right. It, it, and that's sometimes where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like... Like a lot of a lot of them that they challenge are obviously wrong, but you get the ones that, you know, are close plays, and, I mean, you can see it going either way, but then you also get the ones that, you know, they obviously went to review, reviewed it, and made the wrong call. Yeah, there were there are just many instances where we, they've gotten review calls wrong, one being, you know, the Des Bryant one where he took three full strides and then dives and then his arm hits and then the ball lodges out. And as long as we've been watching football, if the ground causes a fumble or the ball to move, he was down. Absolutely. So and they I reviewed it and they got the call wrong. So just get the call right. And yeah, End of story. Get the call. If you're having if you're having video review, do it quickly and make sure you get the call right. And especially if you're taking a long time, and especially if it's a game-deciding thing like this Manchester if City goal, like this Manchester City goal this weekend, or that Roby Coleman penalty in the in the championship game, make sure you get it right, and make sure it's 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 just needs to be correct. That's all I got. I I agree with that. Upset of the week. I personally, I do not have an upset of the week. There's really not too much. I have the Cubs winning on the road in Pittsburgh today. Actually, it's in Williamsport. It's the Little League World Series Classic. So they're playing in Williamsport on the grounds of the Little League World Series. But I have the Cubs winning today because they're on the road, and the Cubs can't win on the road. So that's my upset pick for the week. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this has been Nick Catlin. That is Ethan Somm. We appreciate you all for listening. And we'll we hope see you that next you, week at ha- the same time. Yeah, have a great week. We will see you all next Sunday at 11 a.m. This has been the weekly walkthrough on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, and we will see you next Sunday.